Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be, and I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing his word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now, from this day forward, that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, most for your darling son, Jesus, Lord, who sacrificed his life for us. Father God, Lord, that we, Lord, may live. Father God, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Father God, for adopting us, Lord, as your children. Father God, bringing us, Lord, into your kingdom. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that everything, Lord, that you do in our life, Lord, is to make our lives better. And Father, Lord, we trust you, Lord, that we shall learn to walk in that. Father, we ask you, Lord, to remove every impediment, Lord, every fear. Father God, Lord, every doubt. Father God, Lord, every contrary spirit, every demonic force that would hinder this word from coming forth. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that our eyes are open, Lord, our ears are attentive, our hearts are receptive, Lord, that we may receive the pure, unadulterated word of God. Lord, that you would speak it with clarity. And Father God, Lord, because we know, Lord, anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted. And Lord, we declare we shall be converted into that which you have spoken over our lives before the world even came into existence. And we thank you, Lord, for that victory today. We thank you, Lord, that we are victorious in this earth. And Father God, Lord, that we are choosing, Father God, Lord, to be your change agents. Lord, we are drawing people unto your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, as we anxiously await your return. And we thank you, Lord, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, chapter 16. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. And when you get there, look at verse 2. Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, beginning at verse 2. And here it reads, Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. That word sun is S-U-N, but it's also the S-O-N. And they said amongst themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who, has, who was crucified. 
He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Now, in this scripture, we find the very foundation of preaching. The fact that Christ was crucified for our sins, buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day rose again. Oh, come on now. Don't make me go back to my Baptist roots. You know, every Sunday I used to stand up and, and tell them, you know, they took my Jesus. They stretched him out wide. They put nails in his hands, nails in his feet. They pissed him in his side and the blood, come on now, came streaming down. But three days later, ha, come on, you know, he got up. How oh, did he get up with all power? See, because the foundation of preaching is this very scripture. And traditionally, each year on Resurrection Sunday, the church looks historically at Mary's discovery of the empty tomb, sharing the news with the disciples and her encounter with the Lord. And indeed, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. But as I was preparing for what I was going to teach this morning, I was praying, talking to God, and what he would have me to, to share with you on this resurrection Sunday morning, what he, he put in my spirit was instead of getting caught up in the details of the event, make sure you grasp the significance of it. Uh, what do you mean, pastor? Uh, sure. We proclaim that he got up, but the question is why did he get up? And that's what I want us to focus on this morning why he got up. See, for years, we have been taught that the only reason that Jesus came was to die for us. Well, if that were the case, then why did he get up? As a matter of fact, from the time he was born, he was eluding death because he knew that was only part of his assignment. As a matter of fact, if all he was supposed to do was die, Herod could have killed him when he was a baby. The Bible says that at one point they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So if all he was supposed to do was die, why would he have even bothered? Because he had a greater purpose. Somebody type in the comments, he had a greater purpose. Well, go back to verse six. Here it says, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. In other words, 
you were expecting to find him in the same condition that they put him in. But he got up. You're looking for the wrong Jesus. See, you're looking for that guy they beat up. That guy that was stabbed. That guy that was nailed to the tree. He said, your problem is you're looking for a dead Jesus and he's not here. Uh, truth be told, that's the problem with the majority of believers. Uh, a great majority of believers is they're still looking for a dead Jesus. Uh, a Jesus that's still nailed to a tree and can't do anything for you. Uh, but he's not here. Luke says they came to prepare his body for burial. And the angel said to them that, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? See, see, I, I told you that's the same problem we have today. A whole lot of people come to church looking for a dead Jesus, but he ain't here. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Oh, we claim to be Christians, but as soon as we have a problem, we go to the world. Because there's nothing that Jesus can do. Because we still wearing him around our neck. But I don't know about you, but I serve a living God. He's not on the cross. He's not on the tomb. He got up. Somebody type in the comments, he got up. Yeah, yeah. You heard the old saying, you can't keep a good man down. As a matter of fact, it goes on to say, go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. In other words, pay attention and you'll see what he said was true. Well, let's find out what he told them. Go over to Mark. Chapter 14, Mark chapter 14. And when you get to look at verse 27, Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 27. Here it says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Now, that word stumble in the Greek is the word scandalizo, which means to trip. It's the same word as offend, to cause to stop trusting. He says, because of what you see happen to me, all of you are going to stop trusting. In other words, you're going to fall. See, all of their faith and trust had been built by walking with Jesus. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, Peter walked on water because he saw Jesus do it. All of the boldness they had came from the boldness they saw in Christ. So he knew when they saw what happened to him, they would lose heart. He says, for it is written.
I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. See, that's the rules of the street. If you the baddest one in your crew, if I smack you, your crew gonna run. See, because their confidence comes from knowing that whatever they can't handle, you can. But they figure if I take you out, they don't stand a chance. And the disciples were the same way. And Jesus knew it. And that's why he said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. See, after he got up, he would be waiting for them, expecting them. And they should be expecting him. Remember, I told you they developed their faith and trust by walking with him. Peter walked on water because he saw Jesus do it. Well, the reason he got up was so that you and I would know that there was nothing that could keep us down. See, Jesus knew life was not going to be perfect. He knew every day was going, not going to be peaches and cream. So we needed to know how to get up when we get knocked down. Jesus wanted us to know in case, as in the case of Lazarus, that this sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it, that we could gain victory through his example. You see, his burial was never intended to be permanent. As a matter of fact, why else do you think they put him in a borrowed tomb? Because he was not planning on staying. See, you don't borrow anything you don't plan on giving back. Oh, let me help somebody. Go over to John chapter 10. The gospel of John chapter 10. Yeah. Yeah, see, y'all y'all, y'all never caught that. See, back in the day when they used to always say, oh, they put him in a barred tomb. Huh. See, y'all used to hear them old preachers say, oh, they took my Jesus and they put him in a barred tomb. See, you never caught what they were talking about. But they borrowed the tomb. How you going to borrow a tomb Unless you don't plan on using it very long. The gospel 10, John 10, look at verse 17. Here Jesus says, I lay down my life that I may take it again. Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'm just laying down for a little while. This ain't going to take long. Verse 18, he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. Here he lets us know that this was the plan all along. Why? So that we would know that the only one that has the power to defeat us is us. 
I, I told you, we've been blessed, and the only way to lose is to quit. Oh, you got to get that in your spirit. If God has truly blessed you, then the only way, because that word blessing means empowered to succeed. So if God has given you the power to succeed, then the only way to not succeed is for you to quit. See, the reason he got up was so that you and I would know that there's nothing that could keep us down. See, God is a God of purpose. And if all Jesus had to do was die and go back to heaven, he could have taken the express route. But the Bible says he got up and he appeared first to Mary. After that, he appeared in another form to two of his disciples as they walked in the country. And later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after and had risen. See, Jesus went to great lengths to let everybody know he had got up. Go over to Colossians chapter 2. Oh, I ain't going to push you along today. But I got to let you know why. Colossians chapter 2. And we get to look at verse 15. It says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. See, he wanted the world to know that he had declared victory over death and that it no longer had power to hold us. Oh, somebody need to type that in the comments. Death can't hold me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, go to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. Yeah. See, I, I, I know the devil been trying to scare you. Tell you he going to kill you. He going to give you this. He going to give you that. You going to catch this. You going to catch that. You got this, this, this diagnosis, that, that. Hold on. Romans chapter five. Look at verse 17. Here he says, for if by the one man's offense, Death reigned through the one. Talking about Adam. Said because Adam messed up, death was allowed to reign through him. He says, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. He says, so if death was allowed to reign because Adam messed up, he said, if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of life, gift of righteousness, you're going to reign in life through Christ. See, for years, death ruled because of what Adam did. Because Adam fell. Death was able to rule because Adam fell, but because Jesus got up, you can look death in the face 
and say, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? We should not allow anything to keep us down, to intimidate us, or keep us bound. Because he got up, we're supposed to reign in life. We're supposed to have the most influence and impact of anybody else walking the planet. See, one of the greatest threats the enemy has always used against us was death. I know people who cannot even enjoy a good vacation because they scared to fly. They scared to get on a boat. Why? Because they're afraid to die. But there was nothing we feared worse than death. But Jesus told us in Revelation chapter 1, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Somebody type in the comments. Jesus took the keys to death. He holds the keys to death. Mm, Jesus. See, the devil couldn't kill you if he wanted to. John 8, look at verse 51. Go to John, John chapter 8 and look at verse 51. Here it says, most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Now, I know some of y'all think, well, pastor, everybody got to die. Well, if, if you're a believer, you don't. Somebody, somebody like, wait, hold up, hold up, pastor, hold up, pastor, hold up, pastor. My grandma was a believer and she died. My mom was a believer and she died. Hold on, hold on, pastor. I think you're getting a little too carried away. I know it's Resurrection Sunday, but you're getting a little carried away. Everybody got to die. If you're a believer, you don't. See, death is separation from God. See, you look at death as separation from you, separation from this world, but death is separation from God. And just because your loved one, your grandma, your mama separated were separated from this world, they were not separated from God if they are in Christ. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I don't have to die. I might leave this body. I might leave this world. I might leave some of y'all, but I ain't dying. I'm just going back to my father, that from which I came. And I refuse to have any of part of my life while I'm here separated from God. I won't be dead in my spirit. I won't be dead in my health. I won't be dead in my finances. I won't be dead in my relationships. See, the dead are just those who forgot to get up. So whether I get up on this side or the next, I refuse to stay down. See, Paul put it this way. We are hard pressed. On every side, 
yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. In other words, he got up so you could see that nothing could keep you down. Matter of fact, go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And when you get there, look at verse 20. Colossians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 20. And here it reads, Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? See, Jesus came to restore us to our rightful place. We're not supposed to be subject to anything in this world. We're supposed to have influence over it. Why? Because we died with Christ. So the world never doesn't have anything else to threaten us with. Matter of fact, look at Colossians 3 and look at verse 1. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. See, he said, and since now you have got up, Your whole motive, your whole purpose, your whole focus should be on things higher. He says your heart, your whole core, your soul, everything should have been restored to a higher level. See, because he got up to restore you to your rightful place. Oh, I'm almost done. I got to get you to see this. Go over to Romans chapter 6. I told you I'm not going to keep you long today. It's Resurrection Sunday. I know, y'all. I know you got plans to go and cook your, 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 your Resurrection Sunday ham. You're going out to dinner. All, all of you, I know, I know, I know. So I'm not even going to keep you long today, but I, I need you to get it. You got to understand why he got up. You got to understand the purpose of this. The reason why we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 6, last scripture. Look at verse 2. Here it says, We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? See, the whole purpose of baptism, so many people don't even understand why you were baptized. The reason why you were baptized was to symbolize your death and burial and resurrection. 
See, if you've ever been to a funeral before, you look in the casket, they have the people laying in the casket like this. And if you recall, when you got baptized, that's exactly what happened. The pastor had you sitting in the pool and he folded your arms across your chest just like this before he laid you back. And when he stretched you out, he stretched you out just like that. And it was just like you were in a casket. And when he put you under that water, you couldn't breathe. So you stopped breathing for a moment. So you were just like a dead person, stretched out and not breathing. And when you came up, you took that next breath and it was like you were being resurrected again. So that's what he says. You were baptized into Christ Jesus. You were baptized into his death. And we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. See, so that is the symbol that you are now walking in new life by faith. Now I have been dead to sin. And now I'm walking in an entirely new life. So now there's nothing the enemy can do to me. See, you can't tempt a dead man. You can't hurt a dead man. You can't threaten a dead man. You can't coerce a dead man. There's nothing you can do to a dead man because he fears nothing. There's no fear in him. There's no doubt in him. Why? Because all of that is flesh and it's been killed. It's dead already. Whew. Says if we have been united with him like this in his death we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, I told you, a dead man, you can't even tempt him to sin. You can't ask him, does he want to drink? I don't care how nice the girl looks, you can't ask him to commit adultery, fornication. You, you, you can't get him to do anything outside of the will of God. Why? Because his flesh is dead. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. See, dead people are free from sin. They don't, that's not their problem. They don't have to worry about that. He said, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So now if I'm dead to sin, I ought to be living with Christ. I ought to be living for Christ. I ought to be doing the things that he desires for me. I ought to walk in the boldness that he has for me. I ought to have the faith that he has for me. Why? Because I'm living the life that he has made now available to me because he has restored me. So I should be living a life of influence and impact. Why? Because that's why he got up. says verse 9, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you do not obey its evil desires. Same thing. He just said, if that's the case, Consider yourself dead to sin. Don't allow it to tempt you. Don't allow it to call on you. Don't allow it to bother you. He said, why? Because you're dead to that. 
He's saying you ought to be alive to God. Anything God wants from you, he ought to be able to get from you. Anything he desires you to do, he ought to be able to get you to do. Why? Because that's the only purpose you're alive. He said, do not offer your parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. I told you, this is the year that God wants to restore us to our rightful place. He wants to restore the church to the place of greater influence and impact. To the place where he originally created us to operate. Where we are his ambassadors. His change agents in the earth. Where anything he wants to get done, he has the ability to do through us. And that we have the ability to believe him for it. But we've got to recognize that Christ was put here to show us how to operate like that. He was put here to show us that there's nothing that the devil can threaten you with and do to you that will counteract what God has done for you and that you are who God says you are. He got up to show you that there's nothing on this planet that can keep you down because you have an assignment. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you want. You got to be dead to all of that and alive only to God. Allow him to restore you. Walk in that place of restoration because that's why Jesus got up so that you could know I can do exactly what he did. And if you're listening to this today, you're like, man, that's amazing. I never knew that's what the resurrection was about. Yes. It was to restore us. He gave up his life to pay the price for our sins. He paid the price. He gave up his life on Calvary. He died so that you would not have to pay the price of death. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. Literally. Has to be prayed with blood. He shed his blood so that you wouldn't have to shed yours. He literally came into the courtroom and said, I'll take their sentence. Let them go free. And in exchange for that, if you want to take that plea bargain, the exchange is you have to be willing to give up your life in order to receive that life he made available to you. And so if that's your desire, all you got to do is accept the offer. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. All you got to do is believe that he hung, bled, and died, was buried in that borrowed tomb, and three days later he got up, and he did all of that for you. If you believe that, accept the offer by giving him permission to make your every decision. Allow him to be the Lord of your life. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me. I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. 
Teach me how to live for you. The next step in your journey is to be, to find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, a place that you can be united with Christ and the body of believers, where you can have pastor, teachers, they're going to help you grow in the Word, have a family of believers that will support you. And if you desire to be a part of my church, just follow the instructions on the screen. Go to www.lovemychurch.org. Click contact us. Fill out a connection card. And one of our leaders will get back with you, let you know about our next steps. We are a virtual ministry, but we have mechanisms in place that you can be discipled, that you have a family around you to grow, show you all the things you need to do to grow and to become a better believer. Our mission is to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And if you desire to be a part of what we're doing here, just let us know and we will gladly allow you and help you to come and become a part of our family. Secondly, if you've been listening to the messages here, if you've been tapping in and you're like, man, this sounds like a great ministry. I love what they're doing and I just want to support it. You're looking for a place that you can sow into this good ground. You want to sow your tithe, your offering, your seed. You want to be a part of what we're doing as the body of Christ, the family of believers. You can do that here as well. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, My Church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. Just know that however you give, your gifts are going to help us continue to touch the rest of the world, to do what God's called us to do, to preach the gospel to all the nations. Today, on Resurrection Sunday, we have launched our brand new streaming platform on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. We have our own web platform. It's called www.mychurchchannel.org. And we also have our own streaming app called My Church On The Go in the Apple and Google Play app stores. But all you have to do is search My Church Channel on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, My Church On The Go, on the mobile apps and you can get all of our programming right on those devices. We want to make sure all of that's available on every device that there is because we want to help you become better. We want to help you grow and get to the place God wants you to get to. And we're doing all of that right now. We launched that program today. And if you want to help us continue to do so, sow that seed. Because trust me, this is a great undertaking, but we're doing what God called us to do. And we trust by faith we're going to do this for great years to come and continue to expand as we continue to go forward and do what God's called us to do. But we're so excited about that. And now I'm telling you, we want you to tell all your friends, make sure you go download it, share this with everybody. We've got great programming available. We have the Word at My Church, which is our Sunday morning ministry. We have on Tuesday, every Tuesday night at 7, we have a program called Medicine for the Mind, which is for people who are struggling with addiction. Taught by my pastor, Pastor Boyd Bullock. Awesome ministry. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10 a.m., we have a show called the Akintunde Morning Show with myself, my sister, the real Donna J, and two Christian comedians, comedian Jason Earls, and the Bishop of Comedy, Akintunde Warnock. 
If you just need some laughs, some inspiration, some information, we're, we're doing that every Tuesday and Thursday morning just to brighten up your day to help the week go by. And then every Thursday night at 7.30, we've got some specialized ministry. First Thursday of the month, we have Women of Worth. Second Thursday, we have the Man Cave. Third Thursday, we have Marriage Seer Training. And on the fourth Thursday, we have a brand new program called From the Heart of the Pastor, where I will be interviewing and featuring pastors for all kinds of pastors and their ministries to let you know that there are all kinds of men of God faithful to their ministry, faithful to their families, to show you that the men of God that God have called and placed out here in the body so you can see us from another perspective so that people, you, 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 the enemy will no longer be able to trick you with the stereotypes and the myths that you've heard. I want you to be able to see who these men of God really are. And so I'm so excited about being able to bring that kind of quality programming to you, and we're going to continue to expand that as the years go by. But I'm so excited about this new venture that we're doing, and I want you to help us spread the word. So make sure you tell everybody that you know. Go out and download that channel. Support us. Go ahead and get out there and get that information. Support yourself. Make sure you got access to all the tools you need to become the believer God wants you to. Well, we're so excited about it. God bless you. Make sure you come back and see us again on next time. And stay tuned for our announcements. I'm Pastor Tuck. I love you. And happy Resurrection Day. Thank you, Jesus, for getting up so that we don't, we don't have to know that we can't, nothing can keep us down. God bless you today. We love you. Stay tuned for our announcements. See you again on next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.